Hello everybody and welcome to episode 149 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and joining me today is a Chris, but it is not Chris Vint, it is Mr. Chris Hill. Welcome back, Chris. It has been a cup of coffee or two since <laughs> your last appearance on the show. Yeah, yeah, I think you could say that. It's been a while since I've uh, been on the airwaves with you guys, or polluted the airwaves, I guess, as you might say, but uh, it's very nice to be back, so thank you for... Uh, for inviting me on again it's so. it's good to have you back um, now everybody i want you all to go easy on chris here because chris <laughs> used to be involved in the show and very heavily on youtube and stuff like that but <laughs> it has been a good while you would say since you kind of stretched the vocal cords in this capacity uh, yeah yeah i would say a good couple of years to be certain um, so, so i'm a little rusty to say the least so uh Please do forgive me if go, I go uh, easy on him, if I can't string a sentence together. But yes, um, uh, Mr. Vint uh, unfortunately couldn't be here for this, as we all said on the last episode of the show, our WrestleMania show, that uh, he is uh, indisposed with uh, doing boyfriend duties. <laughs> uh, the missus is over visiting him at the moment. I never thought the day would come where uh, Chris would miss uh, Star Wars, but... There you go, everybody. Love conquers all. Love is blind, as they say. Uh, Love is blindness. Yes, nice wrestling reference there, Chris. Uh, Karen and Chris will both appreciate that one. Um, But yes, love is at the heart of Star Wars as well, so comes full circle there too. But uh, yes, everybody, this is going to be our look at the Star Wars uh, Episode 9 teaser trailer reveal that happened at Star Wars Celebration this past weekend. The Rise of Skywalker, as it is now referred to as. But before we dive in and go step by step through this trailer, give our opinions on what we generally think of the trailer and any kooky wild theories that we have, I'll get the plugs out of the way. If you would like to get in touch with us on the show, you can do so in a number of different ways. You can contact us on Twitter, just at RetroShockPod on there. Drop us a tweet, drop us a DM. Let us know what you would like to hear on the show in the future, be it a retro movie, video games, comics, all those sort of wonderful things. Uh, We would appreciate that. Or you can do so on Facebook to search Operation Retroshock on there. Or you can contact me at Alan G.W. Price personally on Twitter at Vinto316 for Chris Vint. Um, And you can also, if you are enjoying the show, Leave us a lovely wee review on the likes of iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the places that the show is available. That would be very much appreciated. So, we'll dive straight in here then, Chris. And so, I'm going to go step by step through this, folks. I'll be showing Chris our images and you'll probably be very able to follow along with us. I'd say the vast majority of listeners to the show will have seen this trailer probably about 200 or 400 or 700 million times before uh, you actually hear the show uh, on Monday morning when this is released. But uh, as of the time of recording, uh, me and Chris have just finished watching the panel for the Jedi Fallen Order video game, which if we've time towards the end, we'll maybe have a quick word about that, give our opinions of that. Just depends how long we go with this kind of trailer breakdown and thoughts. So... We're going to start straight out the gate, Chris, with us in another bit of desert scenery. Uh, Ray is panting, which is, again, a through line with all of the recent Star yep. Wars trailers, because we had The Force Awakens Finn panting in Force Awakens. We had Ray panting in Last Jedi, and now here we have Ray again panting. Um pretty pretty beautiful scenery yeah yeah i uh really like how the trailer kicks off i have to say there's something very familiar about where ray is and where she's standing and i think there's a lot about the surroundings that um we could talk about i think the first thing i immediately came to mind was is that jakku and did she go home yeah it's there's been a bit of debate kind of floating about on the web. People are saying, is it Tatooine? Is it Jeddah? Or, uh, you know, back on Jakku. I think we can kind of put it to bed. And it is also kind of put to bed in the comics. It's definitely not Jeddah because they kind of confirm that it's in a bad place after the whole Death Star thing. It isn't totally destroyed. 
but uh, I doubt we'd see them end up there. I think it's seen better days. Yeah, I think Jack Who probably is your best bet as to where we've ended up back, kind of coming full circle again, back to where uh, Ray's story kind of began. Um, it also kind of plays into the books as well because the Chuck Wendig novels that were done in the build-up The Force Awakens and after, there's kind of hints that there's some secret facility on Jakku that the, the Emperor had, okay. which we'll come back to, yeah, that's kind to of a, him in a, a while. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to this show, guys, you obviously know spoiler warning straight out of the <laughs> gate anyway. I don't need to tell you that now. But uh, there is meant to be some sort of uh, facility of the Emperor's potentially on Jakku. A bit like uh, you've watched the story mode for Battlefront 2, haven't have, you? Yeah. yeah. So you saw the way in that story there was another Emperor facility there yeah. that Luke goes and visits on a certain planet, uh, which is where he gets, uh, what is it, like the, the sort of the compass that eventually leads him to uh, Act 2. Okay. Or as I've been seeing people referring to on these panels as Achtu. It's just like <laughs> I always, I always struggle to remember that one actually. So yeah, at least they can you know, have a stab at pronouncing it's, it. It's typical Star Wars, multiple different ways of saying planets and people and things. Yeah, yeah. But uh, next shot we're going to talk about here is we kind of get this transitioning shot, Chris, of the camera is now uh, kind of going down Ray from head to toe, and we get our kind of first glimpse of. The lightsaber. And we all kind of know from Last Jedi that it didn't kind of end well for the lightsaber. And it was broken in two or at least a few bits anyway. And we'll notice here, if you kind of see around her hand there, there's a bit more black. Yeah, it looks like there's been some modifications made to, to the lightsaber. Yeah, so there's definitely been work done on it. So... Uh, we're not getting what everybody thought we might get with you know Ray getting her Stuff sort of or... green lightsaber moment off uh, you know the deleted scene from uh, Return of the Jedi with Luke fashioning his green lightsaber you know the transition from blue to green for him becoming a Jedi but that could be in part to you know the whole last Jedi thing she's not even really a Jedi or anything like that so the transition to green may or may not happen we'll just have to see as things go. But the next shot I think that's really worth talking about is this. And I don't know about you, but this is very... It kind of invokes Western movies. Yeah, and I think this was something you were talking about just before we came on air there. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a few parallels with uh, some of the old school Westerns. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the, kind of the scope of that shot is fantastic. I love the way it, you know, it focuses in on the lightsaber and also some sort of blaster there. It looks like she... Uh, she has in her holster. Yeah, it's a very similar shot. It's that same sort of framing. If you remember from the solo trailer back when uh, he's kind of confronted by Emphis Nest. Yes. After they yes, uh, make the castle run. It's kind of that sort of yeah. hip level shot. Yeah. Focusing on an enemy in the distance yeah. and uh, him yeah. with the blaster there, which is quite funny because that is the blaster that he gave her in Force Awakens. Okay. So, so it's it's That's not a only, nice little motif almost. Not to only it. is it a beautiful shot and of course at this kind of moment in the trailer you're kind of hearing the screams of a TIE fighter in the distance which just kind of gets the goosebumps oh, yeah. going. It's really neat that she has Luke's lightsaber yeah. and Han's blaster. Yeah. Two of the big three who, at least in universe, in the story, are both no longer yeah. with us. I think it's a nice kind of way to kind of keep in touch with them. And it kind of, I suppose we'll discuss this a bit later on in the trailer as well, when it looks like no one's ever truly gone. Yeah. It's kind of that kind of thing, because she's always carrying a piece of them with yeah. her. And it also kind of matches up with a bit of what Luke says at roughly around this moment in the trailer as well, that, you know, we've passed on what... You know, everything we know everything we know everything we've learned you know it's all you now yes that's more maybe of a reference to the Jedi ways and the books that Rey ended up getting away with at the end of Last Jedi but again the symbolism with the blaster and the lightsaber is fantastic it's like a physical piece of them I guess exactly yeah. and uh, 
Now, again, something we talked about before coming on air. I didn't actually to, notice this. We tried, you... we, tried to, we tried to limit this, the <laughs> chat, because Chris kept asking me, because obviously we've been watching the the stream today on day two of Celebration and watching the uh, Fallen Order stream there. And Chris, yeah, Chris, I... Chris kept thro- keeps throwing me out these little oh, nuggets. And you just wouldn't take them. And I just... And I, just <laughs> I was like, I'm dying to talk about this, and you just would not take any I was just <laughs> saying near silent, um, just to save it all for uh, talking here, for all you lovely folk listening. But the, the point I mentioned to Chris was that we get this shot now of uh, every generation has a legend. So this is a throwback to Phantom Menace, which I think is quite apt because it's the 20th anniversary yeah. of Phantom Menace this year uh, in May, next month basically, coming up and they have the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary panel coming up on, I think it's Monday at Celebration. So that's a nice yet simple nod, Chris. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's something I actually didn't really notice until you'd, you know, picked it up and, and reminded me of it. But I think Star Wars has always had a great way of uh, keeping themes going throughout the movies, even if it's just something as subtle as that. Regular little motifs and themes that keep coming back. And again, as you say, yeah, it's a, it's a really nice nod to The Phantom Menace. So yeah, after that, we get the uh, this big panning shot. And I think what's nice about this shot as well is the camera kind of slowly gathers pace, moving from right to left. Yeah. So you're already getting up to a certain speed and you know you have it's uh, Jordan this was all filmed in. So you're already up to speed. You know you're, the camera's moving at a, a bit of rate of knots here. But then we get what you must assume at least is Kylo Ren's yeah. tie silencer coming into shot and just tearing past camera from right to left. Yeah. So you've already got in your head, right, well, this camera's moving quite fast. And it's just tore straight past. So exactly. we're we're going at yeah. some some I think, speed I think here. they've done a great job there of kind of where the whole thing starts with the hip shot of Ray, um, and you kind of it just builds up this feeling of like impending doom and dread. And then, as you say, the camera just pans in, and you know something's coming. And then soon it becomes clear that it's likely Kylo. Absolutely. And uh, I'm going to let the, you go straight in for this one because our next shot. Is uh, you, it's one you mentioned a few times before we even came on air, and that's we go back to the hip shot yeah. of Ray, yeah. and uh, she brings the she's brought the saber down to her side. Now it's in her hand, and we get the ignition, Chris. Yeah, and as I was saying to to Alan, it's just to me there's no better sound than that of a lightsaber ignition or igniting. I think actually the Star Wars Facebook um, page put up. Like a combination of different lightsaber ignitions, and it's just one of those um, sounds that just—it's very nice for the ears. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's—I don't know whether it's just the way the audio mix for this trailer is, or in particular, but the ignition for the saber here is particularly strong. It really has an absolute yeah. blind and ignition to it. I actually think it sounds great just whenever you put your um, your headphones in and yeah. listen to it that way. The sound is just so crisp. Absolutely. And it just, it's goosebumps, I think, whenever you hear it ignited. Nice one. So this is where, you know, once we initially heard the scream of the TIE fighter in the distance and Ray was just standing there and I saw her reach for the saber, you just, it immediately threw me back into thoughts of the likes of again when we were again we were talking about when we were watching the Fallen Order uh, stream here uh, Force Unleashed where you could just do all this crazy absolute yeah. Yeah. over the top nonsense yeah. I think that's you know that's a good pulling way of star destroyers yeah. out of the sky and you know throwing TIE fighters across the room I was just standing there going please have a one on one duel here with Kylo Ren's TIE Fighter. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things I really like about the new trilogy, actually, is that they, the scope, they do seem to push the boundaries of what's possible. And mm-hmm. I think that's what they've done. Um, they did it, obviously, you know, with Kylo and Luke um, at the end of Last Jedi and Luke being, you know, assaulted, basically. And now they're kind of doing it here with Rey, something that you would never have thought you would see before in Star Wars, I think. And that's kind of what they're doing in this new generation, I think, is giving us stuff like this. Yeah. 
Um, this was the thing I showed you that is a real harken back to uh, an older movie, North by Northwest, um, where there's a shot from that movie, um, pretty much near, shot for shot, exactly similar in that Ray standing there, she kind of turns the head and then starts running. In North by Northwest, it's a biplane coming after the guy. Whereas in this, it's the Thai silencer of Kylo Ren and just Ray does what can just be described as some acrobatic madness. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Of um, a backflip and looks like she's probably just going to slice the wing off or something. Yeah, off this I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. Um, it's one of those things, um, you know, because it's Ray that she's likely going to be okay. But you just see the Thai fighter getting closer and closer and you're like, what is she going to do to get out of this? And she, in fairness to her, she's running, but she holds her ground. And as we see, she looks to to flip over it or onto it. And I'm assuming that it'll spell bad news. Exactly. That could lead to eventually possibly the final showdown of uh, this final sequel trilogy. Uh, Now, what a lot of people are focusing on here, and I don't know whether it's right or not, because I'll zoom in here for you, the shot of the... Ty, just as Ray is kind of doing her backflip here, and people are kind of focusing on the kind of the cockpit of the tie here and saying, "Oh, it looks very red." Okay. So it does because there's a lot of talk going around that it's linking into this Galaxy's Edge thing for the you know for Disneyland. Okay. That there's just going to be this kind of like new division of the First Order called the Red Fury. Okay, this is totally news to me. Yeah, that's this, this is why I'm springing it on. <laughs> Um, and it's again, it's going to involve red stormtroopers and stuff right, like that. Right, right, right. Uh, because they showed a picture during the panel before this trailer kind of went out. Uh, a shot of Kylo in the cockpit of what is most likely this Tie Fighter silencer, <clears throat> and it had like red accents around it and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm not hundred percent sure whether the cockpit is red or whether because if you actually look at this shot. It looks like it could be heading towards sunset for me. Possibly, so yeah. So it could be kind of a setting sun, kind of hitting the front of the TIE fighter or yeah. whatever. But either way, it looks pretty outstanding. And it's again, this looks like it has been ever so slightly tweaked from as one from The Last Jedi. Moving on then. Now, this is one I think, this is a shot that I think is getting a lot of people's interest going. Now, it's maybe not when you look at the whole uh, trailer up there, but this is one I showed you, the side-by-side picture of, and it involves a certain ship. That's correct. And again, I hadn't thought of this until you showed me, but... What are your thoughts you... on the potential that this is the same ship from I think, Force Awakens? I think based on uh, the, the this photos... Is the night, this is the night shot, everybody. I think, yeah, I think on the, the comparison that you showed me, definitely it could be. I would be about 95% certain now that it could mm-hmm. potentially be the same ship, which again, obviously, perhaps harks back to Jakku and why that ship was leaving to begin with. Yes. And is that the same ship? I think... It could be, and the thought that it might be again is is very exciting because hopefully JJ is now going to answer you know some more questions about Ray's past, which I don't think was you know dealt with in the Last Jedi particularly well. So perhaps this is his way of bringing that back, and that that ship could have some significance ultimately. Yeah, because we'll get to something else in a wee second here in this trailer where I think we are going to get some form or sequence of flashbacks again. Uh, you know JJ being the guy who actually introduced them to Star Wars in the first place. Yeah. But this has got a lot of people thinking that this is potentially Naboo or somewhere on Naboo. Yeah. Because um, it, it has that sort of kind of earthy kind of feeling almost. Yeah. Because but something magical about it too, with the like the mist and the clouds. Exactly, there. and the kind of it's almost like kind of one city, but kind of three kind of parts yeah. on kind of three different like outcrops, yeah. which we kind of remember was a very similar characteristic on Naboo. If you think of the capital of Naboo, where the palace and all was, you know, it had the waterfalls cascading off the edge near the palace, that sort of thing. So for all we know, this could just be a different part of Naboo or a different part of the capital from a different angle. Or, again, maybe something totally different. And a lot of people thought it was also the Gungan city, but obviously it's let's, not It's not, it's not underwater. If we're going to Naboo, let's hope it's Thede or somewhere like that and not 
The Gungans. <laughs> That's it. Then we get our first proper shot. The man himself. Of Big Bad Ben. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doing what can only be described as nearly a rock bottom. Yeah, it's hard to kind of see or maybe like what he's doing there. It's kind of like a lightsaber version of the rock bottom. Yeah, it's basically... What it is, is... And I found it odd initially when watching it was... He's taking one of the uh, cross hilts. Okay. You know, the cross hilt beams of the saber. And ramming okay. it into the boy okay. that's, and like slamming him down. That's actually intriguing because I think that's one of the things about his lightsaber. I think if you're going to give a character something like that, you want to see how he uses that weapon that's kind of personal to him in different ways. And I don't think beforehand we've ever seen him use um, that part of the saber. So if that's what's going on there, I think that's um, pretty neat. The kind of the most we've ever seen him kind of use it is in that forest scene on Force Awakens where he just kind of teases Finn. With potentially like burning him on the shoulder. That's right. That's but right. Is, but this is the first time he probably is impaling someone impaling, or trying to. Is impaling a boy with it. Yeah. Now, this is me getting into cookie crazy theory time, right? Okay. Um, because I have my own theory about who that might be. And uh, let's let's well, okay. let's see. Okay. I'll say, and we'll see if we're on the same. Okay. Yeah, we're yeah. on the same path here. I'm first going to talk about where he is. Um. I'm not going to guess as to exactly a planet or a place exactly, but it definitely looks like this is the first order has come in and just wrecking shop because it's very, again, the color red is very predominant in this scene, not just from the lightsaber, but kind of in the background there, yeah. which potentially means the place is getting burnt down. And among other things, there's uh, stormtroopers in the background and all that. But I actually potentially think that this guy getting taken down is it Night of Ren? It's exactly what I was just going to say. Because, again, I think we were teased with the Knights of Ren in A Force Awakens. I, I don't know about you, but that whole kind of idea that Kylo Ren went around with his, like, his own band um, was very interesting to me. And then it was kind of dropped, never really explored in Last Jedi. And the first thing I thought whenever I seen this um, this morning, whenever I watched the trailer for the first time, was... Is that a Knight of Ren? And why is Kylo attacking one of his own? Has he upset him? Is he no longer um, worthy in Kylo's eyes? Um, but that's definitely what I thought. Yeah, Yeah, because the only other potential thing I could think it could be is, yes, I still think potentially this is a Knight of Ren, but you kind of remember back to The Last Jedi and there was hints in, I think it was the Visual Dictionary, that Kylo wasn't the only individual that snoke had had as like an apprentice okay that there was another force user that he had the only other thing i can think of is maybe either i'm doubting that's them and they're showing them getting moved yeah, down in yeah. the trailer but i wonder maybe is the reasoning behind the knights of ren not being in last jedi that they flipped sides and went away with this other force user potentially and it that's why be. kylo's on a, a bit on of a, a manhunt yeah i think it's also interesting just to see what's in this boy's uh, hand as well what his weapon is yeah because i kind of had a look at that a couple of times because i was like is it a rifle is it a blaster what is it and it almost looks like a kind of club yeah yeah so it does so it's not your stereotypical just kind of i mean i don't think i don't think it's a, I, don't, I don't think it's a saber uh but I suppose you can't really tell from that, but it definitely is interesting. And oh, yes. here we go. <laughs> uh, this is the sort of stuff I love. Now we're getting onto the masks. <laughs> yeah, you, you love your masks. Uh, anybody who knows Chris here knows that um, and on the wrestling side of things, he's a big Kane fan, so you can you can guess he's a mask man, really, here when it comes to this. Uh, but we get this kind of up-close shot of the Kylo Ren mask getting reforged, if you will. Yeah. Uh, with again, and this is why a lot of people are thinking that that tie is red, is because the reforging is done in red metal. Yeah. So the cracks are red. You kind of get the impression here that red and black is going to be his thing going forward in this movie, I think. But um, I think it's a nice little twist and you know a way to update Kylo's mask. Um, and I think just from, from that brief glimpse we get of it, I think it looks, it looks very cool. Yeah, um, I think this is... Absolutely typical Kylo Ren because we got in The Last Jedi, you know, well, even if we go back to Force Awakens, the whole thing of, you know, the mask, he wants to be like his grandfather, yeah. he wants to be like Vader, 
and then come Last Jedi, you know, Snoke says, you know, take off that mask. You know, you're a child. Yeah. You know, yeah. with a play thing, basically, you know, you know, just show your face, get rid of it. And then, of course, in Last Jedi, he smashes it in the, in the lift, basically. Yeah. And obviously, he hung on to the bits somehow, and that's how we've ended up getting it reforged. But he's now the Supreme Leader, so he's like... Now I'm probably going to get to do what I want well, to I think, do. Yeah, I think that's. And it. I want to look like my grandfather. And if he wants to look like his granddad, then you know, all power to him. But I think you know one thing about the mask, even without getting too deep, it kind of summarizes Ben Solo or Kylo Ren himself, and the fact that it was broken and now it's been pasted back together like that, and it's kind of you know he's tormented, I guess, between the dark and the light, and you can kind of see what they're what they're getting at with the mask couple of things before we move on from this particular shot. There is one more thing I want to talk about in this shot. But talking about old grandfather dearest, going back to what kind of Luke was saying towards the start of the trailer then, you know, we've passed on what, you know... Who is we, exactly? Yeah, who is yeah. we? Is that Yoda? Is that Luke? Is that Leia? Is that Han? Is that everybody? Is you that know, Anakin? Like, is it a reference to yeah. just the books that Ray lifted? So as in a collective we, because... Those books are what remain of the ways of the Jedi, of the original, you know, Jedi texts. Or does it hint at something more of we could get a collective Force Ghost scene with Yoda, Obi-Wan, potentially Hayden Christensen back as Anakin as a Force Ghost? If they pull that out, I think every movie theatre in the world might lose their mind. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Even thinking about that, that's kind of a goosebumps thought. Yeah. And to see that play out in the big screen, I think, one last time for this trilogy anyway. Yeah. I think uh, it would actually be a very nice thing to... Because at the last celebration, and it's happened at this celebration as well, when Hayden make a, made his return to celebration last time, he got an absolutely amazing response. Because he, again, like a lot of folks, when... You know, a lot of people were negative about the prequels and all. And everybody, you know, the prequels still have their haters and all that But I think people have come to appreciate them a bit more nowadays. Um, he came out on stage, got a great response. And I think that lifted a lot of weight off his shoulders. In the sense of he's like... Yeah, I remember that because in his interview, I think um, you could really tell how taken aback he was. Because I think he had kind of distanced himself somewhat from the franchise. And that was a kind of coming back into it. And to see the appreciation and respect that... The fan base now has for him and what he was able to to do in the prequels. Um, yeah, you could definitely see that it affected him, it and to be, see that perhaps translate onto the big screen with an appearance by yeah, him would be. It would be a nice coming full circle. Yeah, moment. Correct. I think that he gets one final moment on the big screen, portraying Anakin uh, with potentially a better director. Uh, telling him how to act out the part potentially or definitely well definitely yes now I'm not going to come on here and slight slight as it's referred to the maker of Star Wars but it is quite common knowledge that when the prequels rolled around George wasn't maybe the best director uh, for the likes of an up and coming actor such as Hayden Christensen I think you're right but back to this shot uh, of the uh, Kylo Ren mask here, and it's probably a wee bit hard to see in this particular screen grab that I have, Chris. But the hands that are yeah, I just it. wanted to say, you know, it could just be a throwaway thing where it's just you know one of his minions, or you could ask the question, who do those hands belong to? Is it someone more significant? Perhaps is it Kylo? We don't know. Well, coming back to our previous shot of him rock bottoming uh, mm. a potential Knights of Ren. Could this be a Knight of Ren or a Knight of Ren working on his mask and he gets angered or something and then he just wrecks shop potentially? It could or, be with Kylo, anything's possible. I or think. it could be again, maybe it isn't a Knight of Ren and it is just he's covering his, his steps and just wiping out any evidence of him and the First Order being there. Yeah. So after that... We get our kind of first proper shots of uh, John Boyega's Finn and Oscar Isaac's Poe Dameron. Uh, of course, kind of it's been teased that this is taking place at least a year on from the end of The Last Jedi. So Finn has a bit of a, 
well, he's a new hairdo he's going a new on hairdo, here. Yeah, that's the first thing I can I can tell from this shot. But uh, he still has the jacket. Yeah, he still has the jacket. Um, I hope you know, just based off this shot alone, you can see that Finn and Poe look to be you know together. I hope that's something they explore a bit more actually in this movie because I think you could tell that they had a good rapport. Uh, in Force Awakens, even just come back to the jacket kind of thing, where Finn's like, oh, or Poe, excuse me, is like, that really suits you. And that kind of you know, set off their friendship, I think, from there. So it'd be nice to see them delve into that a bit more, I think, in this one. Absolutely. JJ kind of pretty much, I think, confirmed it on the panel because uh, they kind of showed a little bit of art uh, on the panel before the trailer. I know you've only really seen the trailer, so you haven't seen much of the panel. Yeah. Uh, they showed a few kind of behind-the-scenes shots and concept art and stuff like that. There's a shot of the Falcon in what looks like a jungle setting. Okay. And outside the Falcon is Chewie, Ray, Finn, and Poe. And he pretty much confirms that that's towards the start of the story. Brilliant. But that our main three are going on this adventure together. Brilliant. Because I think, I'm not to turn this into a Last Jedi bashing session, but they kind of got very away. <laughs> but they kind of got away from the dynamics i think of the group in jedi and I, I get that because obviously you know even in empire strikes back all the the heroes kind of go off and do their own thing and then they you know reform near the end of the movie but um i would just like to see i think ray or sorry excuse me poe and and finn do something a bit more meaningful together in this one absolutely and we'll notice as well bottom right hand corner of this shot chris yeah John yeah. Boyega has the staff. He has the staff. That staff's been about. <laughs> so he has. So he has Ray's staff for some reason here at this moment in time. Whether uh, I would presume that this is probably prior to the showdown that we see with Ray and the Tie Fighter at the start of the trailer. You know, this is them exploring, obviously looking for something potentially here. Um, but it's a really just nice establishing shot. For these two guys. And it's something that uh, Boyega actually talked about on the panel as well. Was that he feels this is the first time. It's crazy that it's the last movie for him to say this. That he actually feels like he's in Star Wars now. And what he means by that is it's the first movie where Finn kind of has realized who he is. Whereas both Force Awakens and Last Jedi he was kind of like. I don't know who I am. Yeah, I don't want to be here. I think uh, I think you're right. It's kind of like the first two movies. He's been searching for his purpose and identity. And the first one, you're kind of thinking, is he the new Jedi? It becomes clear that he's not. And then the second one, it kind of goes off and does his own thing. And I think in this one, um, I think we'll probably see him, as you say, kind as of come, come, into, come into his own. Yeah, Exactly so. So next up, we got a lovely wee shot of BB-8. There he is. His new buddy, uh, Dio. 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 Uh, we don't have, <laughs> I don't know if we have confirmation as yet. We might have today as to the spelling of it. But a lot of people are just, you know, putting D hyphen O okay. uh, for his name. So this is like his little assistant buddy. Okay. So he looks a bit like a hairdryer, I think. That's like what a lot of people are saying. Is he just looks like a bit of a reverse hairdryer going on, yeah. on a wheel. And they kind of, much like BB-8, uh, when it was the Force Awakens celebration, they brought this little guy out on stage and showed him off for the first time. And JJ was saying that that's actually the first time, much like BB-8 again, back at the Force Awakens panel, uh, the first time an actual working uh, remote control model of the uh, droid was out in the public going around, whereas <laughs> the ones that they used on set were very much like you saw with Force Awakens. You know, like a, on a, stick, a puppeteer almost. in a green yeah. suit that they could CJ, you know, CGI out. Yeah, yeah. And also, goodness knows what this little guy is going to get up to with BB. Um, but a license to print money. Yeah, I think that's actually something I missed in the trailer the first time watching it. Um, I didn't realize we'd introduced a new droid character this time. But I think, you know, the importance of the droids um, can't be understated in Star Wars. So it'll be interesting to see how, how they get on and what the dynamic is between, between them. Now... I hmm. think if this if this doesn't warm your Star Wars heart, oh, yeah. I don't think anything really will. This is just one of those pure fan service moments again, I think. Absolutely. Um, and that is Lando back in the cockpit yeah. of the Falcon with Chewie at his side. Yeah. Now he's looking great as well, Billy D. Williams. 82. Uh, wow. You, would, you wouldn't put that man at 82, I don't think. Um, especially after all he's been through in uh, the Star Wars saga, you know. But he's definitely holding up very well. Absolutely. 
Um, and you kind of get that iconic Lando laugh here as well. There is quite a funny thing floating about on Twitter at the moment. Uh, as when something new, specifically, especially Star Wars, drops into pop culture. <laughs> Memes and all these various different things always just start hitting the web. And one that has particularly hit the web in revolving around Lando is uh, if we think back to the original trilogy and, uh, you know, Lando's like, you know, what have you done with my ship? And, you know, you know, basically claiming that he wants his ship back and all. And Han goes, you know, over my dead body. <laughs> and everybody's going now, well, look, here we go. He's got the ship back yeah, over your dead yeah, body, yeah, Han. Yeah. <laughs> basically. So, he's, had, he's definitely had the last laugh, I think. <laughs> exactly. But I'll be very intrigued to see um, because they showed a picture in the panel before the trailer actually hit of him standing, you know, much like Han did um, in Force Awakens, just in the doorway of yeah. the cockpit. Just kind of to the marvelling in what he's seeing. And it's him with the big, you know, grin. Billy D-, D. grin on his face. I wonder, will we get any kind of hints to Solo? Again, you know, that possibly. He says, that, that he says, like, you know, Hey, old girl, or you know, hey, L three, you know, sort yeah. of thing, because yeah. she's now part of yeah. the ship. Will we get a little moment like that? That would be quite nice, I think. Anyway, and then there we go. Um, the saga comes to an end, which again, like we mentioned, is a mirror of the Phantom Menace, which is every saga has a, a beginning. beginning. Yeah. And then we move on, and we get the this little kind of shot going on here. Um, of what looks like um, kind of a bit of speeder action and kind of skiffs a bit like you know the again out of solo those sort of yeah. bikes and speeders yeah that, there's something kind of familiar looking about those that, they're kind of like those speeders that Emphis Nest and her guys were flying about on swoops I think they were called but we get to see a shot in just a second of Poe, Finn and 3PO on one of these That's what's almost think of it like Think of it maybe like a slightly smaller version of, you know, kind of the uh, in Return of the Jedi when they're around the Sarlacc pit. I was just about to say, those too, kind of platforms. It kind of reminded me um, of that. So. so they're kind of a bit like those, but, you know, there's shots getting fired. This is obviously Chase. Again, in Jordan still, so potentially Jakku. All revolving around. This is probably in that sort of start of the third act, heading towards that final duel that Ray's having with. The silencer of Kylo Ren and all. Yeah. Uh, they're potentially doing a bit of the uh, distraction tactics to leave her alone with Kylo. But you'll notice here, coming out of the dust of it the is, shots, yeah. what looks like a stormtrooper on a jetpack. Yeah, it's kind of hard um, to make that out, um, what that is. But I think, yeah, that's probably your best bet is some sort of sand trooper. But there you go. There's your shot of yeah. the boys. Yeah. Yeah. And... Anthony Daniels kind of hinted at the panel that um, this time the droid fights back. Okay. So that 3PO isn't going to be kind of hanging around in the background of things. So C3PO is going to be getting down and dirty, I think, then? Absolutely, because, um, you know, there was a certain poster that leaked online, which, you know, we won't talk about too much in detail, but, it, you know, it pretty much confirms if you look back at it now... Uh, the characters that were talked about in the panel and then shown in this trailer, that that is indeed legit assets, you know, that have been made, whether it's a legit poster or not, yeah, uh, you know, is up for debate. But you saw on that poster uh, C-3PO with, like, Chewbacca's uh, bandolier over his shoulders and all, so okay. <laughs> he, he's going to get down and dirty in okay. this one, I think. Um, and that'll be definitely a new step, Um for C-3PO. Obviously, we've never really seen him get too physical before. He's, he's always wanted to run for cover. He's always the one in the background, yeah. Exactly. Warning them of the odds of uh, probably their... Uh, <laughs> Chances doom. of survival. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think a lot of people are a wee bit concerned coming out of this trailer that we aren't seeing R2. Yeah, I think that's probably worth uh, bringing up. Where Where is R2-D2? Everyone's original kind of favourite. Exactly, you know, we've now got, uh, you know, BB's well and solidified in terms of, uh, you know, this, this generation Star Wars. R2, really, Absolutely. Yeah. The only thing I'm going to float out to you, do you think potentially R2 has stayed with Leia? Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I think that's also an interesting um, point to bring up. Um, what is Leia's role here? And 
you know, will we see uh, R2 and Leia show up at some point? Mm-hmm. So, no, this is probably going to be a bit harder for you to make out here because I've had to kind of take multiple shots very, very quickly here. But you get a quick shot after seeing the guys on uh, that kind of uh, speeder chase. And it's the silhouette here of a crashing A-wing okay. against a sunset here. And as it crashes... Now, this will be very hard for you to make out, but I'll do my best to describe it here for you, Chris. Yeah. Um, you see it crashing past what looks like a Star Destroyer of some kind. That's the first thing that came to my mind when I seen this, and it, it is quite hard to make out. But... And this is where I think we're talking flashback moment here, because um, a lot of folks are debating just what type of Star Destroyer that is. this is, because you just you can't get a really good freeze-frame shot, because it's such a fast shot in, in the trailer. Um, a lot of people are either debating it's a clone era, clone wars era. Okay. Uh, one that uh, again you see kind of in the Fallen Order trailer for the video game, um, but also the, what I think it potentially could be because if you look here just b- below the engine of the A wing, that's the control tower. As you can see, there's the shield yeah, balls yeah. that are on the tower, but the center part there looks more like remember the old school. Yeah. Uh, Star Destroyers which had like the cross yeah. at the top so there's thoughts that that could be one of the slightly older style Star Destroyers that were around in the original trilogy but were phased out you know from like Empire on yeah. and you got yeah. the you know the notorious Star Destroyer not Star Destroyer yeah Star Destroyers I nearly went Death Star there for some reason <laughs> um, we'll get to that <laughs> yeah we'll get there uh, so we will so it'll be interesting this to me definitely shouts flashback yeah, I mean, so could it, it be the case that you know, uh, this goes back to the Jakku, uh, you know, scene where the, the ship is fleeing and it's fleeing from a star destroyer potentially? We don't know, but um, it's certainly possible. <clears throat> yeah, I definitely think it could be flashback on the Jakku again, maybe hinting at what I mentioned towards the start here of that sort of facility or something like that on Jakku, and this is where we start to head into. Uh, uh, very emotional moments within the trailer where we get to see our first looks at Carrie Fisher's uh, repurposed footage. But just before that, we get this shot of the Medal of Bravery from the Battle of Yavin. Yeah. In somebody's hands, now people are trying to figure this out, hands are very hard to work out. Yeah. But to be honest, I don't think those hands look awfully old. No, I mean, I mean, I suppose there's two schools of thought. Is that is it Leia's hands and she's presenting this to somebody, um, or is that someone receiving the mm-hmm. medal from her? Um, it's hard to tell. Could it be a Ray? Could it be a Poe? Yeah. Whatever, because you know a lot of people are considering that Poe's the guy that's going to take over, you know, being in charge of the resistance eventually. Yeah. But uh, it's a nice one, and the going back to the, kind of that piece of concept art that I mentioned that they showed of the Falcon sitting on what looked like a bit more of a jungle planet. Yeah. Potentially, there's the chance that we could have a return to Yavin. Which again, which would hint as to this medal because you think of the whole reason uh, at the start of Empire they're on Hoth is because they had to abandon their base because even though they destroyed the Death Star in A New Hope, the you know the Empire was going to still come for them. They knew where they were, so they had to abandon. So I wonder has after that moment of happiness of the medal ceremony at the end of A New Hope, has everything just had to be dropped and run when the Empire shown up again? And this is maybe finding one of those medals again. It could be or something like but that. I think, I think for me, whenever I see this. It's just kind of conjuring up images of Leia standing in a room, going to her personal possessions, and you know, taking that out of a box and saying, "This is what this represented," and and yeah. like bestow this upon you. That's kind of what I'm saying at the moment. Because it could also be, you know, that's a very good point you bring up about could this be in her personal possessions? Could this actually be hand medal from the medal ceremony? That because a lot one of the things that again people have a wee bit of problem with 
in Last Jedi is we didn't really get anything. There wasn't a goodbye. The, the morning of Han, yeah, or anything. Yeah. So could this be that for if it is say a year between Last Jedi and this, is this one of the first moments they've had, kind of to really to reflect, digest it and to reflect, think about it, yeah. And is she kind of having this sort of mourning moment to herself, staring down at? Hans bravery medal in her hands it's certainly something that's going to be of sentimental value to Leia I think but yes we get this shot of Leia and Rey hugging again which is most obviously reused footage from the end of Force Awakens yeah. um, a different shot or a different take of that moment but expertly done, done. in such a way that it looks like new footage absolutely yeah because the hair is different on Carrie, so you know that's been slightly changed. But again, Ray is shedding a tear in this shot. So is this like a goodbye, or is just what <laughs> what is going on here that there's a, a tear being yeah, shed? Yeah, and here? I think that's probably one of the biggest questions um, going into this movie. Certainly for me, anyways. How do they handle Leia, and how do we say goodbye to her? Does she leave? Um, does she pass away in the movie? Um, I suppose you know, time will tell. Absolutely. And right, we're getting into the real business. Here we go. Stuff right now. And we get kind of our hero shot, our group hero shot here towards the end of the trailer. And this is where, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Luke says, you know, no one's ever really gone. And it's a shot of Ray, 3PO, Chewbacca, BB, Dio, Finn and uh, Poe. All standing on this sort of bit of a hillside, and the oh, camera wow. flips, and you get the behind shot for heroes looking out to sea, and what can only be the broken remains of the Death Star. Now, some people are debating: is it Death Star One? Is it Death Star Two? Um, my kind of uh, hat is going on the peg for Death Star Two. Uh, so it is simply because of what happens next in the trailer but this actually gives you a uh, good shot again of Ray's outfit yeah a lot of people are making comparisons that it's almost a combination of like Anakin and uh, Padme in the sense of if you go back and you look at Anakin's outfit it had those kind of cloth parts to it but then it's obviously the bright white yeah. Of like Padme's outfit yeah. from Attack of the Clones and all as well. Yeah. Uh, the best movie in Star Wars history. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> but you'll look on the back. She has her Jedi hood. She has a hood. She has a Jedi hood. And that's something hood. I'm actually just noticing for the first time. <laughs> Which um, it You took, can't be a Jedi me, if you don't have a hood. It took me a couple of watches <laughs> to notice that because on the first few rewatches you're focusing on the, the Death Star, Star runes yeah. here. Now Ray has something in her hand as well which you don't know exactly what that could actually be. It seems like some sort of bag or it could be some sort of item that they've got in the Yeah, hut. you want to think it probably has some sort of significance, yeah. Exactly. But also what you kind of have to take into account with this shot as well is Ray's robes are pretty clean. So there's a good chance that this is happening towards the start of her movie. So is that this could be one of the first places that we end up on the start of their adventure yeah. around the galaxy into whatever this story really involves yeah but what do you think of the shot of the death oh Sorry. i mean that's total goosebumps again it's just kind of seeing that big dome and i think again with these movies uh with the new trilogy i think one of the things that they've managed to do very well is capture scope and just sheer size i mean you think back to the force awakens whenever you, you know it pans on that shot of the star destroyer that's in the desert that's kind of what that is to me. Um, only obviously for the rise of Skywalker, but I think it's great. I think it looks brilliant. Obviously, it's very nostalgic, but it also conjures up the question of where is this planet? And it just brings me back to the end of Jedi, where obviously it explodes, and now I'm just thinking, right? Well, where did that debris end up? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Because and why um, are they there? Yeah, some people I've heard saying it's not big enough, and my thought is this is only a part. Of the Death Star that exploded into thousands and thousands of pieces. Plus, it basically looks like it's on the horizon. Yeah. 
So take that all into account. You know, a horizon is usually for most people at least 20 miles away from where you are. So if it's that big, 20 miles away, it's, you know, it's pretty massive. And of course, after all that, (laughs) we get the laugh. Yeah. Um, a file Sheevy baby, I'll <laughs> Sheev Pantheti, um, as the uh, you know it fades to black and goes into the logo, revealing the title that is Rise the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So Chris, uh, on a rating system of zero to twenty five million, <laughs> uh, how were your goosebumps of when you heard this laugh? Uh, it was higher than twenty five million, I think. Um, for me, it was totally unexpected. Um, as I say, I watched it this morning for the first time. I actually I missed it last night. I was I was busy working, but uh, I watched it this morning. And see, to be honest, whenever I got to the end of the trailer, I probably already rated it a ten out of ten. And then you get the laugh, and it was just like whoa. Pure goosebumps, and it just again it starts you know, a lot of questions. What role is he going to play um, in this, if any? Um, is that more just a throwback to the fact we just seen the Death Star, and so that's going to be all um, to do with the Emperor in this? Um, you got to think no, but um, definitely a lot of questions. But certainly very very exciting. Yeah, because obviously heading into. Uh, you know, the laugh and all, that's when Luke says, you know, no one's ever really gone. So it has plenty of meanings. It has uh, meanings that he is never really gone. Well, this is the it. I think Jedi that's, are never really I think gone. that's what's exciting about it because right up until that point, it's very much focused on the good guys and the heroes. And Luke said, you know, we're never truly gone. But then this laugh at the end also reminds you that the evil's never truly gone either. And that's yeah. kind of a nice reminder. And it's almost like the Emperor said, no, I'm still here too. Yeah, because uh, it's very much established. In, and this is why I'm, you know, nailing to the wall here that it's the Death Star 2 that we're looking at here. Um, that it's known that f- Dark Force users cannot stay alive in inverted commas uh, after their actual physical death uh, like Jedi's can because they're Dark Force users. But doesn't that go back to a story where isn't there as part of the expanded universe where Palpatine tried to clone himself and there was all this kind of theory? It does, it does but in actual established canon it's, there's a thing where basically Dark Force users can kind of semi cling on not in like a full force manifestation of like a Luke or an Obi-Wan or a Yoda but to certain items or places okay Okay. so this is where the thought is that could they be having to go into because there was unused concept art from Force Awakens that they had originally planned to explore uh, the second Death Star and that's where Kylo would find the Vader mask and all this sort of stuff so it's obviously going to be slightly different but could they be diving down to find some sort of relic or whatever to help them on their adventure, which leads to potentially the throne room, and there's this kind of forced manifestation of Isle Palpy yeah, yeah. that could, would just be absolutely amazing and insane. Yeah. So it's almost like an alternative trial, almost. Yeah. For like Ray or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think also it's pretty interesting because. Again, for me, Palpatine's involvement in this movie was completely unexpected. I wasn't expecting it at all. And I think maybe it could be a way to kind of, you know, also tap back to Snoke and why he ultimately didn't really hang around too long because he wasn't really part of the bigger picture ultimately because it could still be that, you know, it's Darth Sidious who's really the mastermind behind everything and that's why they didn't keep Snoke around for so long. And he was only a pawn in the overall bigger picture. Yeah, because... You know, I showed you that other kind of trailer that a fan had made, and it's like you know everything has gone according to you know my design, yeah. you know my plan. Could that have all been part of the plan? You know that yeah. he could the Emperor have been manifest. You know, could that have been a representation of himself through Snoke? We just don't know. Yeah, you know, because uh, that's you know yourself. A lot of people said whenever Snoke was there, oh, that's the Emperor. It looks like him, and maybe he looks like him for a reason. Yeah, that. And you've also got, of course, you know, the Darth Plagueis, the Wise, and all that sort of stuff from Sith as well, of, you know, 
trying to keep himself from dying and yeah. keeping others from death and all. So is there been some sort of way that Palpatine has been able to latch on, at least to maybe the Death Star, yeah. to have some sort of version of himself live on? There's also, of course, the possibility that, um, again, you think of the Battlefront 2 video game, those sort of uh, like droids that had uh, the Operation Cinder orders in them that had kind of a digital recreation of the consciousness yeah. of Palpatine, and he would speak to his commanders that way. So that's a possibility. Yeah. But there's so many options in that regard. But before we round things up here, uh, in regards to our chat about the trailer and stuff, let's talk about the title then. Yeah, what, are your, hope, what are your feelings yeah. on the title? I hope you were going to say that because I think that's probably the one thing we haven't talked about yet is The Rise of Skywalker. I think it's a great title. Um, I really think it's very strong. I think it's catching. Obviously, anytime you take that name, Skywalker, and insert it into a title, it interest, you know it becomes very interesting very quick. Um, and I think, you know again, it conjures up a lot of questions for me. Because the rise of Skywalker to me kind of suggests that Luke is back, or is there another Skywalker? It sounds almost triumphant to me in a way. Yeah. So it's, it sounds more like a feel good, kind of like Return of the Jedi. You know, it sounds more like where, you know, good is prevailing and good is coming back. Absolutely. So there's tons of theories already I'm out sure. there. Yeah, I'm sure there's So a lot. there is, you kind of already mentioned a couple of them there, like. Could Luke be coming back from the dead? You know, could there be, could it be Leia, for example, rising and becoming the head of you know the New Republic again? You know, the all these little things. But I'm gonna throw out the theory that I had immediately after, um, I'd watched the trailer for a third time, so pretty much right after it debuted. My thought is, the rise of Skywalker, Return of the Jedi. The Last Jedi. Yeah. Luke is the Last Jedi. What if Rey, what if Rey is the first Skywalker? As in Skywalker becomes a new terminology for, for a new version of a Force user. Yeah. That, you know, Luke basically says in The Last Jedi, you know, the Jedi were flawed. You know, we yeah. were, you know, we our heads, our egos got too big for what we were, that sort of thing. You know, the Jedi should basically rightfully die out. Yeah. So could this be a mirror image in terms of Return of the Jedi, and yeah. that you get the start of this new order, yeah. but you're referred to as a Skywalker? Yeah, I think that's an interesting theory, actually. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that is, in fact, the case. Um, I think you're right. Luke had kind of become very disillusioned with the Jedi when we seen him in The Last Jedi. Um, and it was almost like he had given up on them. Whereas this name, as you say, suggests that perhaps we're moving forward in a new direction and this might be a hybrid version of the Jedi or the Skywalker. Exactly. So, And of course there is the old classical that everybody's going, oh, Rey is actually going to be deemed a Skywalker now. <laughs> you know, I have God, to say, no. at the start of this, you know, before Force Awakens and everything, I hoped... That she would have some sort of family connection to Skywalker, or to Obi Wan, or Obi Wan, yeah, and that really disappointed me when we found out that her family connections was just that—that that she was she didn't really have a family. Um, but I mean, it's interesting to see, you know. But I think that's I think that's what has some people slightly suspicious after this trailer as well in regards to you know the the lineage talk coming up again is because there is. Um, I think her name's Kerry Russell was cast uh, in this as well. And she's very auspicious by her absence in this trailer as well. So a lot of people think maybe could she be involved in those flashback scenes as a potential parent for uh, Ray or whatever. Yeah. We are just going to have to, <laughs> to wait and I would see just love to one. see Ray have a history and something a bit more meaningful than just abandoned she was abandoned on a, on a dump and by you know, drunk parents yeah i just kind of feel as our hero she kind of deserves a bit of a a richer backstory i don't yes. even mind if she's not a skywalker yeah. or whatever like that i would almost prefer skywalker to become that sort of term now that you're a skywalker you know if you're a, you know a member of this new order that potentially ray ends up creating after all this but that she at least discovers that she has some sort of lineage yeah. or some sort of family 
that she wasn't just that correct child in the junkyard sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll talk very quickly just uh, before we go about the Jedi Fallen Order panel then that we watched there, the video game from EA from Respawn. Uh, shout out to all the team from Respawn. Uh, it's <laughs> happened about 20 million times through uh, that panel, but fair play, they're obviously very proud in their video game. Uh, what are your rough first thoughts off the trailer, Chris? Obviously, you are you have a PlayStation 4, but you wouldn't be the biggest gamer in the world. Is this something that's no, you know, I'm, kind of getting you interested? I'm not a massive gamer, no, but there's always been you know a couple of franchises that whenever a game will be released, my interest automatically peaks. One, it used to be the wrestling games, and two, it was always Star Wars. And I think the last time I truly enjoyed a Star Wars game was with um, The Force Unleashed. Uh, and then kind of got the new PS4 and uh, went along, got Battlefront. But Battlefront has just not been doing it for me anymore. Yeah. Um, and they're ultimately not very satisfying. Whereas this, whenever they hit the trailer... Um, I think I kind of got those goosebumps again. I think it definitely has potential. I don't think they've really scratched the surface of what is in the game yet. Oh yeah, they didn't really give too much away, but certainly, um, you know, first glimpse, I think it looks great, and it's kind of taken place in that time period that I think needs to be, you know, discovered and explored a bit more. Is what yeah. happens when Episode Three ends, and you're you're in that period where it is very dark, and that's one of the things I said. You know, it is. Um, a dark time for this new hero, Cal. Yeah, um, it's it looks very exciting because it's the whole dynamic behind it is that it's this Padawan that escaped Order sixty six and is having to fight with it. As you say, it's that dark time post Order sixty six where trying to blend into the crowd, trying to not obviously be a force user. Working on the likes of the scrapyard, seeing his work colleagues or work friends, you know, fall to potentially their deaths and not being able to reach out and use his powers to save them, having to watch them fall to their potential death uh, just to save his own skin, basically. And the potential of where that ends up going, we see in the trailer of the Inquisitors hunting him down later on when obviously... Stuff has gone sideways and he's pretty much outed as being uh, a force user. We get to see his little droid buddy, all that sort of stuff. But I think the good thing about all this is, uh, and it's something EA has been stressing no end after the whole Battlefront fiasco um, mm-hmm. with microtransactions and you know all that, is that this is a 100% story-driven single-player game that will not have microtransactions or multiplayer, or anything like that, this is 100% going in to being a story-driven uh, thing about being this, you know, potential Jedi Padawan that finally then starts to discover their powers. And what appears to be, go on this story to potentially discover what this lightsaber is involved about this. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things uh, I'd said to you, actually, whenever we watched the trailer, was, oh, that lightsaber handle looks massive. (laughs) Yeah. And you'd say, I think there's a reason for that, and that's that it's broken. Um, I mean, the panel, they didn't really give too much away, because I think they said it was so kind of finely interwoven into the plot that they didn't want to talk about it too much. But, of course, again, you got to think whose lightsaber, you know, did that belong to? Um, And how did he find it? And how does he go on and make that his own throughout the game? I think it'll be something that's very intriguing yep it'll be very interesting to see um we only kind of got a sort of proper uh, they said it was in engine it was with assets you know it's what the game's going to look like but we didn't actually get any proper gameplay footage as yet but going by what we saw it looks impressive i'm excited we'll probably see more of it um at e3 in probably june or just thereafter um but yeah it looks good it has my interest no microtransactions and a 100% single-player story mode uh, are what Star Wars fans have been crying out for. I think it, it just seems to be. Games. It just seems to me like they're going back to basics. You know, yeah. they're stripping away all that overcomplicated stuff, and they're giving us a good story and the ability to just pick up a lightsaber and be a Jedi and be the hero. I think that's why you know Force Unleashed was so successful and all those games that came before it. And I think that's what's exciting about this one. It's just going back to. A simpler kind of time. 
Awesome. So uh, that's going to do us for this episode, everybody. This has been episode 149 of Operation Raptor Shock. I just want to say thank you very much for joining us, Chris. It's been a pleasure to have you on again. It's been a pleasure to be back on. I had very uh, big shoes to fill, obviously. But um, no, it was definitely nice to come on and give uh, my thoughts and opinions on something that I love, which is which is Star Wars. And I can't wait for episode nine and to play the game. And uh, I hope you have enjoyed listening to the show as a listener for a change, Mr. Vint. Uh, <laughs> getting to uh, listen in from the outside and that... Uh, you haven't been bored too much to tears, everybody. I apologise. <laughs> I'll uh, take the blame if this is a bad episode. But no, no, it's, it's, it's been a very fun episode. It's been great to have you on. And uh, if anybody, again, I said it at the top with our plugs, wants to get in touch with the show, you can do so at RetroShockPod on Twitter, Operation RetroShock on Facebook, or at Alan GW Price or at Vindo316 on Twitter as well. And feel free to leave us a review on TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, those sort of places as well. Goodness knows what will be coming up on episode 150 of the show. We'll probably be diving back into the Marvel side of things because we'll be heading into the road for Avengers. So you have all of that to look forward to, everybody. But for now, like I said, this has been episode 149 of Operation Retroshock. I've been Alan Price. He has been Chris Hill. I've been Chris Hill indeed, yes. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you all next time.